time for a very special Christmas evening edition of The Wrestling Show. Tonight, it's a very cynical review of the AEW. That's right, it is the representing the corporation. AEW's Dynamite, there will be no Rampage Night, never dark. Moving on to the WWE Universe. There will be no NXT UK tonight. We will be moving on to NXT 2.0, then the flagship Raw. Moving on and finally to SmackDown. Now, hit our music. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling as he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. Webbo, Webbo, welcome to the channel viewer, aka or listener. I am your very cynical host, Tetsu, aka Lip, or the other way around. I am Lip, aka Tetsu Omega. Now, now let's get over that. Okay, so this is our very Christmas episode. As you can see, I've got the garland going on. Garland everywhere. Garland everywhere. It's going to be very festive. And speaking of festive. We're going to go through some amazing, amazing, and not so amazing wrestling for this week. Starting this tonight off with the head of the corporation, it's AEW's Dynamite! That's right. Dynamite starts big, and always starts big, and it's with their golden boy. The golden boy, Adam Cole, with um, the people's golden boy. It is Orange Cassidy. Now... This is a feud now that's been going on for quite a, uh, quite a few weeks. Quite a few weeks, not very long, but a few weeks going on. But Orange Cassidy, every time Orange Cassidy, Cassidy meets Adam Cole, Adam Cole somehow looks like a fool. Even though Adam Cole usually wins over Orange Cassidy. But it does not matter. Every time, they have this one segment all in every match where, uh, um, where Orange Cassidy takes advantage of Adam Cole and uh, these picture ops. Photo ops, it was great. The headlock and, the, you know, the old thumbs up or the kiss on the cheek. And this one's another thumbs up. Well, it's so good. So great. Adam Cole looks like an idiot. But here we go. Now, I picked Adam Cole to win because, obviously, he is the golden boy of the AEW. He's bringing in the fans. So, therefore, he's Tony Khan's boy. Boy. Right? So, I've seen that coming. But how was Adam Cole going to win? Of course, of course. It's only one way it's going to happen. Bobby Fish. Comes to the ring, he uh, gets the ref's attention. He says, ref, come over here! Come over here! We're about to cheat. You know, Kyle O'Reilly, our new buddy, is going to come in and help us. And I'll turn, let you know when to turn around. So, of course, Kyle O'Reilly, after being uh, exonerated or kicked out by Vaughn Wagner of the NXT, um, Kyle O'Reilly joins the uh, the fight. He takes out Orange Cassidy behind the ref's back. Surprisingly. Which leaves, uh, now, after he'd done that, you know, Fish says, okay, now, ref, you can turn around. And, of course, he's a lump of mess on the ground. Last call, Adam Cole, victory. Now, I find this hilarious because, you know what? The Undisputed Era is back together. You know, we got ourselves uh, Matt and Nick Jackson in the ring, you know, saying, who are you going to choose, me, us, or them? Us or them? You know, are you going to be with Super Click or are you going to be Undisputed? It doesn't matter. They are all Super Click. Let's get that straight. But I find it hilarious. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly following him, following Adam Cole yet again to another federation. Because they can't do anything on their own. They, 
Bobby Fish and Adam, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, they they they're rubbish on their own. Apparently, they can't do anything without their baby. They're they're your. They got to ride the coattails of somebody, and Adam Cole lets them do it. And I don't know. They probably um, childhood friends. They had a pact. Listen, Adam Cole, you're the uh, you're the talent in this group. You got to take us where you're going. I guess you got to bring your friends because you know he's close friends. Okay, so next up we got our segment: Adam Cole with Tony Schiavone in the ring. You know, Adam Cole, or not sure. Adam Cole is Hangman from the Dark Order. Hangman, Adam, Adam, um, um, Adam, Hangman. Adam Page. That's right. He's in the ring with Tony Schiavone. I'm going to keep that in. He's in the ring with Tony Schiavone talking about his match with Brian Danielson. His big disappointing match with Daniel, Brian Danielson. The one hour kerbopple that led to nothing. So uh, Hangman was also not pleased with himself. He did not feel also good about himself winning like, uh, you know, re retaining the championship like that. Not winning, retaining. And Brian Danielson comes out with his own opinions. Now he comes out with the big cheers. Everybody loves Brian Danielson. Well, I love you. And then he starts talking. And then you realize that, you know what? Brian Danielson, he's got a, he's got a new name. His, uh, I believe this, he's Captain Fickle. Captain Fickle, Brian Danielson. That's right. He's jumping bandwagons again. He can't be loyal to anything, but obviously he needs, someone needs to be healed in this match. So he takes the heel job. So he quickly gets the fans against him again. They were cheering. And then, he opens up his mouth and he gets the fans to uh, jeer him. Okay, so now this leads up to a match coming up on uh, January 5th. Part 2, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. What's going to happen? Does anybody care? I don't know. Obviously, people care. It's going to be a crappy match like last time. Uh, basically, uh, you know, a practice, you know, just like a... I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting, you know. So, okay, so interesting, speaking of that, it is uh, a new match. It is Wardlow with his uh, accountability buddy. It's, uh, of course, Sean Spears, who is an accountability buddy. I don't see him having any prospects of doing anything, um, I don't know, anything at all that's worthwhile in any federation. He's not changing anything. He's not doing anything. He's just an accountability buddy. He's got no real prospects of greatness at all. He's, he's just fizzling away to nothingness. And, of course, just like the WWE, he started off with a, big, with a bang, and then people realized that Sean Spears, he's, he's, he's kind of a, I'll talk, I'll talk, no action. And he's a goofball. Goofball. And he, so, this match here, it's, uh, you know, no help from Sean Spears. Uh, Wardlow versus, oh, the incomparable Sean Dean. I wonder who's going to win this. And I wonder why they're constantly putting jobbers up against Wardlow. Is, do they have no confidence in Wardlow's ability to do anything in the ring? Seems like it. Seems like it. So with four power bombs in a row, consecutive power bombs, it is Wardlow with the big victory. The accountability buddy comes in and whacks him with a couple chair shots after the match. I find this would be hilarious. Now, before they've actually had this before. They've done this before in the WWE, where after the match, an opponent was attacked mercifully, and then they actually disqualify um, the winner after the match is over, to like turn the decision over with uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. That would just be great for the AEW to do that. Like uh, Sean Spears comes in to whack his uh, um, Wardlow's uh, fallen opponent, and then uh, the referee like, okay, what, whatever, uh, let's just change the thing. You, you know, this is totally unsportsmanlike. Let's give the win to the other guy. That would be hilarious. 
So next up, we have Adam Lambert with the American Top Team, just totally chewing down on the fact that the hypocrisies of the AEW, Tony Khan and his uh, his his uh, inner circle of people. If you're not in that inner circle, you're just not going to get the title opportunities, you know. And Cody Rhodes is getting these opportunities because you know what AEW is Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes' baby, and why not? And the title is just the T TNT Championship. It's a corporate championship belt. So I guess uh, Dan Lambert was told to get the, the people to cheer Cody Rhodes. And he's like, this is impossible. And he says, uh, I think, I believe I quote. Um, it is uh, Dan Lambert. He's saying that, uh, you know what? Um, Cody is a bigger dick than I am. And it's true. And the only person that does not know that is Cody Rhodes. He thinks he's a swell guy, but apparently he does not know what a jerk and jackass he is. He should really be part of the, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the, uh, the elite. He should be, I'm not even sure what's happened to, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Omega, but he should be tied team with Kenny Omega. That should be the team. Kenny, not there for a long time, Omega, ever since dropping his belt, he's disappeared. He's completely disappeared. Tailbin is like, well, I'm not champion, I'm not nothing. Well, you're still CEO and, uh, you know, co-owner of the bloody thing. Or president and CEO, of the, uh, who cares? So here we go. We go to the semifinals of the TBS champion. TBS meaning the Turner Broadcasting System, which is the corporate women's corporate championship. And I believe ever since Ruby got there, Ruby, you know, obviously is Britt Baker's her, their girl, and Ruby's her other girl. So they got to give Ruby something. So I, I predict Ruby would win this one. From the beginning, now it's uh, Ruby versus the, uh, the man beast herself. That's right. Uh, Nyla Rose. Now, Nyla's got literally 200 pounds of pure muscle and fat above, um, you know, uh, Ruby Soho. So how is Ruby going to win this match? Even with that uh, Vicky Guerrero, <laughs> I don't understand. Ricky Guerrero just needs to, needs to get involved somehow, needs to get involved all the time. You're not necessary, Vicky. You're, you're, you're redundant. You're not needed. But she's, but yet there she is. There she is. Andrade didn't watch her. Okay, so she tries, she tries. Um, Nyla, uh, Nyla Rose, uh, she grabs a, a chair and, uh, you know, Ruby bashes against her face. Eventually, they get into the ring and it's a detonation kick by Ruby. And going down and heap is the man beast, Nyla Rose, with a loss. And it's, uh, what's it, uh, Ruby Soho going on with the win, you know? Um, and she's going to go on. She's going to win this whole thing, no doubt. Okay, so next up, we've got our individual match. It is uh, Malachi Black versus Griff Garrison of the uh, Varsity Blondes with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. on his side at his corner. Now, missing is Julia Hart, like I believe uh, three weeks ago. She was attacked by Malachi Black. Malachi uh, spitting the black COVID mist of death into... Uh, uh, Julia Hart's face, mouth, and eyes. And obviously, she's gone right now. She's injured, or injured, meaning she's got the COVID for another week. So she's she's not there. She can't um, support the varsity blondes. So it was a fast match. It was a pretty much a squash match. Uh, you know, Malachi not using his COVID mist on anybody, which is very surprising because he really likes that, uh, sp uh, to spit down people's throats and face and nose and eyes. It's pretty gross this time, you know, so he, and then he beats up uh, Griff Garrison pretty easily with the uh, single um, 
single leg crab, single leg crab got the victory. Can you believe it? That's basically a wear down hold. But he made it a finisher. And then Brian Pillman Jr. comes in to try to help. And then Wacko, Black Mask, you're good night, Brian Pillman Jr. And no COVID missed this time. No COVID missed in this week's episode. And to close off the entire episode, it is um, the, uh, it's a, a trios match. Now, this is a match of convenience uh, because we don't like you and a fr- enemy of my enemy is my friend type of thing. Although it's pinnacle here versus, uh, you know, the pinnacle is actually, they, they, they treat it like a real, as real as you can get in AEW. It is, uh, after all, FTR, who's a, a farce of a tag team. So they are still, I the AA AAA champion. It doesn't matter. So they're with uh, CM Punk. It is uh, Cash, Dax Wheeler and uh, um, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler versus CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Sting. Now, this was hilarious because it was basically a costume party at Mr. Dress Up. So it was uh, Sting dressing up like CM Punk with his uh, logo painted on his face like a complete sellout in his. Uh, a CM Punk jersey. Like, yeah, CM Punk's the golden boy. One of the golden boys of AEW. He's bringing in all the fans. Thank you. Thank you. We love you, CM Punk. We give you kisses, but, you know. Uh, so then CM Punk, he comes in with his tribute to Sting of the 80s or early 90s. And looking like a complete jackass. That's right, a jackass, I said it. Actually, he looks like a, uh, to tell you the truth, he looked more like a circus clown. Not circus clown, but a rodeo clown. If you look at the makeup uh just put a red nose on him. He's a clown in general, but without a nose, he's a rodeo clown. He looked that silly and stupid. But the match was silly and stupid, so who knows why? I mean, why they hide it, you know? So it was, this was the scary part. Um, MJF was launched out of the ring, top rope out, so like a suicide throw by uh, Sting. Apparently, you can tell this was, MJF have never, Never done a, a dive like that before. Never in his life. And it showed because he had no idea how to take that bump. No idea how to. He was thrown onto the uh, M- M- oh, FTR, Dax and Cash. And still, they caught him, but he still landed on his head, directly on his head. And thank goodness he was not hurt. He pipe is, he landed very poorly, but he wasn't hurt because he carried on. Now, this is where it gets absolutely ridiculous because this is AEW. This is the show. This is the big show. This is the grand finale. So then uh, uh, MJF takes out the ring and runs up the audience, giving them a, 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 a true experience of wrestling, wrestling up close in your face. So uh, they start running through the crowd like a complete farce. And it, they all do the finishing move. The MJF was saved. Um, I don't know who got paid. It doesn't even matter. Um, then finishing off the coffin drop is Darby Allen. The young boy of Sting, and it is uh, Darby Sting and uh, CM Punk with a big win. Big deal. No, next up is the WWE Universe with 205, this very special episode. That's right, 205 starts with, well, I'm not sure, I've already do 205. But 205 starts with Diamond Mines, Ivy Nile, the little, uh, the pit bull of uh, the women's division. Um... Yeah, she's uh, small, but she's she's stocky. She has got muscle upon muscle, and she's fighting the very first uh, Fallon Henley. That's right. I've never heard of her. I don't watch uh, Two Hundred Five, so this is the uh, developmental league for the NXT. You know, this is uh, this now. These two are the only two that's below the two hundred and five weight of Two Hundred Five. 
So this is not really 205 anyways. Um, okay, so regardless, it is uh, Fallon doing a wonderful job. Not not squat getting getting squashed at all. Um, so Ivy Nile had to work for this. Had to work. And she did. She had a couple of cringy moves. I'm not sure. She did some weird uh, running judo kick. I'm not sure what that was. Not There was no drop kick. Um, I wish it was drop kick, but she had no confidence in her drop kick. It was sad. Um, but it, it, when it came down to it, it was Ivy Nile with the strength brawn to pull through with the dragon sleeper, dragon, dragon sleeper, and puts out uh, Fallon Henley. Wonderful. And that takes us to match number two. Now, okay, Fallon versus Ivy was match of the night. Get that out of the way. Match number two, it's uh, Andre Chase of Chase U versus Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp, just like the first match. Who? Who? Damon who? Um, a known versus unknown. So I, Andre Chase had to have won this. Even though in the NXT, Andre Chase is the jobber. But in 205, Andre Chase is the attraction. He's, he's one of the uh, top, he's one of the players in 205. So we got our true jobber there. And of course it is uh, Andre Chase with the big victory. And apparently, looks like Andre Chase used a form of the flatliner as his finisher. You never know he had a finisher if you just watched him on NXT because he never finishes anything there. But he finally gets a finish and he's so cocky. He loves it. And moving on to our main event. The main event. Now, Andre Chase is 210 and uh, Damon Kemp is uh, about 220. So the 205 thing is, is ridiculous, like I said. Now, this one's no different. Um, both these wrestlers are well above the 205. You know, monarchy of the, the, you know, title show, which makes no sense. They got to change. Like I said, they got to change to something else like, uh, you know, NXT developmental. So it's Solo Sikawa versus Rufeng, a, uh, Solo, a.k.a. Johnny Uso. Now, this was, uh, it wasn't quite a squash. But near the end, it was, uh, what's that, three running Santons. And then... To the top rope goes uh, Solo Sukoya with the Uso splash for the victory. And uh, Solo, no, Solo, I always say he looks, he, I call him uh, Johnny Uso because, you know what, they put him side by side by side with the Usos and uh, he changed his color, color to uh, black with red uh, t highlights. You would not know the difference. You would not know the difference. After all, I'm pretty sure they are related anyways. Next up, we move on to the NXT 2.0, a.k.a. the New Generation Era. That's right, it's New Generation Era, and it starts with Tommaso Ciampa running his mouth against Braun Breaker. Now, Tommaso Ciampa talking about how you have to be great in the NXT. It took Tommaso Ciampa like 20 years to get where he's at. A lot of the greats takes 20 years to get where they're at. But uh, I guess he didn't really say that uh, Tommaso Ciampa started his thing as a referee. You know, uh, Braun Breaker was never a referee. Braun Breaker is so new at the wrestling sport, entertainment. You know, he had very few matches, but every match, he's just so impressive. Like I say, he's like a natural talent in the ring. He's getting all the opportunities he needs, he gets, he deserves. He is, the, I say, he's the Mike Awesome of the NXT you know, I don't know if anybody knows who Mike Awesome was of the uh, ECW era. He was the champion there, and he was the powerhouse. He didn't have, really have a gimmick. He was just a strong guy. Now, I don't know why they call him like, the Scott Steiner or the uh, Rick Steiner. You know, Rick Steiner 
He was just a tag team specialist. He was a tag team specialist. That's it. He wasn't a solo guy. He was tag team. Braun Breaker is not a tag team guy. He's a solo guy. He's a Mike Awesome man. And you know what? It is a uh, Tomas Champa just trying to just will just wean down. You know, he didn't give uh, uh, Braun Breaker the mic or anything. Just talking down to him. You know, saying that you you can't handle this. You can't. You you're never gonna be a champion. And then Braun Breaker just like picks. Tomas Champ up over his head like a baby. Like a baby. You know? Tomas Champ up there, like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, just panicking. Panicking. Panic at the disco. He did not like being picked up. Like most cats. He was very upset. So instead of throwing him to the ground, make him look like a weak, imbecile fool, he just put him down like a little baby. Gives him his belt back and say, I'm coming after this. And you know what? Braun Breaker did lose the first time they were together. But you know what? Um, Braun Breaker, I think he's on his way to gold, gold, right to the top, right away. But this is a great uh, feud. Uh, what's going to happen? I don't know. Braun Breaker can only make Tommaso Ciampa look like a fool. And pretty soon they're not going to, no one's going to say Tommaso's going to kill you. That's going to be a thing of the past. Okay, so we got a hinting on AJ Styles to appear on NXT. Got something to prove. He guess does, who's going to show up with? We all know. Okay, so we move on to our street fight, or what most, what I would say is a no-holds-barred match. Mm-hmm, no difference. But this one here, before the belt, before the match can even start, it starts backstage. Backstage, they start fighting it out. Raquel and Dakota Kai fighting it out. Not just backstage, but to take it outside to the parking lot. Not too much. They didn't take fight on any cars or anything like that. It's just a transitional period before they got back in the ring. Back in the ring, where Dakota Kai did all her best to get on top, but this was this was not a very good match. This was this was entertaining, but uh, not much wrestling in it. When it came down to it, it was a uh, a power bomb. Raquel, uh, Raquel Gonzalez power bombs uh, Dakota Kai. Pretty much that would have been it there. She could just pinned her there. It was a vicious power bomb onto a uh, um, the steel case, steel steps that leads to the ring. You know, they took off the fir the top part of it, but she it was a solid hit. It was a crazy power bomb. Um, yeah, that could have finished a bit there, but uh, she brings to the ring and gives her the Chicona bomb, the Chicona bomb, I believe it's called. Um, and then that puts her away. But before you can end it, it was uh, Raquel wants, you know, um, Mandy Rose, but also Cora Jade wants Mandy Rose. So you have a face to face. Cora and Raquel want Randy Mandy Rose. And, uh, well, Raquel would go through anything or anybody to get that belt back, including Cora. But in a, in a jumbotron, we got ourselves on location. It is Mandy Rose talking about how she has actually put a match together herself. She put herself in, like, everybody doesn't, and no champion wants to be in a triple threat match. If you don't, be pin, if you don't have to be pinned to lose a match, no one wants that. But not Mandy Rose. She sets up a triple threat match for later. And, you know what? And she sets up her toxic uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane to beat up Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez. And they do, surprisingly. Taking the ring is Toxic Attraction. Coming soon, the big match. And then next one we have is uh, um, Joe Gacy and Harland, a.k.a. the, you know, Harland in there. Um, the Aryan. Now, Gacy, he's, he's basically apologizing. He says he's apologizing to Brian, the Brian Kendrick over the uh, 
um, Harlan's action, throwing him down the stairs. But uh, the funny thing about the whole speech is, you know he was reading it and reading it very poorly. You know, uh, Gacy can be great at talking, but when he has to read a script, you can tell he was just, he was just having some troubles, you know, big time troubles reading that damn script. Um, okay, so from Joe Gacy, yeah, it, it, it is that. It is, it is ridiculous. Moving on. It is uh, Grayson Waller meeting up with his fellow Australian, fellow Australians, Indy Hatwell and Percy Pereira backstage. And now it's uh, Indy really hates, uh, really, really dislikes the Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller, he's like all cocky and stuff. I'm not sure why. He, Grayson got some great mic skills. That, that might be it. But he's got some good heat behind him, and he says, watch me later tonight in a ring. You'll be surprised. And speaking of that, we got a big surprise. It is the uh, grizzled young veterans who, as of late, cannot even buy a win or cheat to win. They've been jobbers for quite a long time, even though they're former champions, they've been jobbing. Versus the Diamond Mines, Brutus, and Julius Creed. Now, their only wins come from their first two wins. In the uh, when he started out was against jobbers, and I never, I've never heard of them again since their win. So then after that they fought competitors, actual, and they never they never won. They just they just they're just jobbers, just like the grizzled young veterans. Now with this match, with two teams that don't win, who's gonna win when no one's gonna win? Well then we got and during the match, we got uh, Itchy Man Zero and Koshida coming in, uh, being the Japanese announced team. I don't know why. And I mean, know why they're called Jacket Time. Because uh, Itchy Man Zero is the only one that likes wearing a damn jacket. Because uh, Koshida, he doesn't give a damn about jackets. They, pff, they're, you know, it doesn't matter. So they, they go in there, so they're commentating Japanese. And the next note, we got ourselves JBBJ. Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen comes in and watches as well. And when it came down to it, of course. And, this is, and how do you make both teams lose? Well, you have a big brawl at the end, and it's the whole match is thrown out. So both uh, the Creed Brothers and uh, Grizzled Young Veterans both lose, as long with the fans, because we've lost as well, because that was a lazy, bad match. Okay, so coming up is a, it's, uh, what's it, McKenzie, um, what's that, uh, that's right, it's, uh, mm, it's McKenzie Mitchell with uh, Carmelo Hayes talking about uh, Trick Williams should have no problem with, uh, what's that, Dexter Loomis. In the ring, in the ring there. So, which comes to the match is uh, Trick Williams versus Dexter Loomis with Carmelo Hayes by his side. Now, before Carmelo Hayes can get really involved with the match, we got ourselves now, it's usually Johnny Gargano helping out uh, Dexter Loomis. But you know what? Johnny Gargano, he's, he's took off. He's taken off. I'm not sure what he's doing now. He's an older guy now, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but this is what's happened. Instead of Johnny Gargano, it was Roderick Strong because they have a new... They've Roderick challenged him earlier, and so Roderick beats up some uh, Carmelo Hayes, and they fight to the back. So now they're gone. So now it comes down to uh, Trick Williams to fight on his own against uh, what's that? Uh, Dexter Loomis, where Dexter Loomis puts on the silencer, puts out Trick Williams with a victory. And at the end of the match, it was it was in fact uh, what's that? Uh, Grayson Waller comes in and whacks up um, Dexter Loomis, you know, and then takes the ring and starts making a promo until AJ Styles comes ring. Now, what's the thing about, uh, what's that, uh, uh, Grayson Waller? Uh, Grayson Waller, he's got some great mic skills, hands down, 
but he's not improved himself in the ring at all at all he's just lost and lost and lost so he's got this unjustified uh, confidence and it reminds me of somebody you know that's exactly like Grayson Waller I don't know if you've heard of uh, Enzo Amore because Grayson Waller is Enzo Amore 2.0 they're the same person same person not literally the same person two different people but, the, but it's the same character and it, it got it got uh, it got uh, Enzo far in the business and then out of the business so this is going to get Grayson Waller far in the business, but pretty soon out of the business if he keeps up like this. AJ Styles says, uh, what really means most? Like he's too busy looking good losing rather than looking bad winning. And then Grayson Waller talks about, well, we're going to be fighting soon. You're going to fight uh, almost. He's bringing up almost stuff. And you know, after they're going to fight after almost and AJ Styles goes at it. So who knows? Grayson Waller might get his first victory, first actual victory. Okay, now we got uh, Diamond Mine backstage. You know, Malcolm Bivens challenging um, uh, Carmelo Hayes to fight uh, Roderick Strong for the uh, belt, belt and belt to, to unify the belts. You know, what kind of belt is it going to be? Who knows? I, I like to see an all-inclusive belt. No weight limit, gender limit. Anything can go. But uh, the WWE really does not like having men versus female women fighting. They're not like um, Impact Wrestling or AAA or stuff, any other place, you know. So moving on, we got the best day. The best day. It's uh, what's that? Uh, um, we got Nash Carter and Wesley with uh, Riddle having the scooter rides and having fun together. And who knows what's gonna happen? It's gonna be great. So next up, we got ourselves a match, a singles competitor match. It is um, Von Wagner versus now Von Wagner just uh, beat up uh, um, Kyle O'Reilly, taking him out of the business, taking him out of the picture. Um, he kicked him out to AEW. He's now with the his brethren, you know, the uh, Undisputed Era. So what can Von Wagner do by himself? After all, he's fighting an absolute jobber. It's Idris Enofe, who's been the resident jobber as of now. But we got ourselves a Robert Stone sighting. Is who's Robert Stone? Is he is he uh, uh, scouting Von Wagner? Von Wagner definitely needs somebody, maybe. And sure he does because. I was shocked. I had Von Wagner winning this, winning this match because he was on a winning streak against a complete jobber. Um, what's that? Against the jobber of e um, Idris and Nofe. Um, well, Idris with a wonderful roll-up pin, getting um, Von Wagner with the pin. But you know Von Wagner, he gets up and he beats up uh, Idris after the match, getting the moral victory. At least he's got a moral victory. He loses, but he gets a moral victory. Uh, so walking out, he bumps um, what's uh, Robert Stone on the way out. You know, just you know, Robert Stone's in his way. He just walks right through him. And what's Robert Stone gonna do? Nothing. But who is Robert Stone really there to see? Von Wagner or Idris Enofe? I'm thinking it's Idris Enofe. That's Enofe of that. <laughs> okay, next up we've got ourselves a backstage Mackenzie Mitchell with um, the Imperium, Fabian Eichner. And Marcel Bartel, both fluent in their own language, in, um, German and Italian. They love to speak that. And rarely they like to speak the English. But it doesn't matter. They might need a translator. So, we got ourselves, they're talking about MSK. Now, MSK's got riddled, they're shaman, but they've got a general. Talk about the general, but really? The general? When's he been a 
the general, when, 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 when had, we all know who the general is. General is Walter. And Walter has not been seen for months and months and months, ever since uh, he dropped a belt to uh, uh, Ilya Dragunov. You've not seen Von Wagner on TV at all. He's been um, MIA, missing in action. Okay, so now we got ourselves a nice match. It is Io Shirai versus um, Legado del Fantasma's Electro Lopez. And flanking Electra is what's it, Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. So while they're fighting Io and you know Electra, we got ourselves a uh, that's right. Now Zion Quinn decides to join the ring, join the people at the ring. But, you know, he's got to go through uh, two tough hombres, you know, uh, Joaquim and Raul. And I guess that was no problem. He just walks through them like uh, Brock Lesnar walks through the Usos with great ease. No problem at all. Just wipes them out like they're nothing. You know, even though they are tag team, former tag team champion, it doesn't matter. So he gets on top of the ring and he brings out, what? Mm-hmm. He brings out the, uh, the uh, what's a mistletoe. It brings it up where Electra Lopez meets him at the ropes. And before you know it, it is, uh, um, it's a Santo, Santos Escobar brings down uh, Zion, where uh, they fight a bit, and Zion Quinn quickly chucks him into the stairs, taking out um, Santos. And then, before you know it, um, Electra Lopez was dis um, distracted, getting palm striked by Io, and then moonsaulted for the loss. Io Shirai with a big victory, Electra Lopez wondering what just happened. And that looks good. I um, mean, you know, what's going to happen with the uh, Zion Quinn and the Electra Lopez and uh, Legado del Fantasma? Will eventually they get a, a, something's going something's to stick? Something's, something's going to change? Who knows? But we move on to the Brian Kendrick talking about. Now, I thought um, that was it. I think his, uh, I thought Brian Kendrick's uh, wrestling career is over. But no, no, he's, uh, I thought he was going to be a trainer for the rest of his days. But he's apparently hanging up his training boots and going back in the ring against, uh, you know, a very own guy, um, Har Harland. Harland. Um, so I find it's, it's insane how, you know, Deep Brian Renrick, he looks like he's uh, in his 20s, even though he's been, he's been in business for like 20 years, over 20 years. He looks like in his 20s. Um, well, yeah, probably not that long. But Brian Kendrick's a massive, uh, he's, I like to see Brian Kendrick win this, but uh, Harlan, I don't think he's going to beat him. But let's see. Okay, we move on to our main event, which is Tony D'Angelo versus Pete Dunne, which is going on, a little feud that's been going on, you know, which is fun. We'll carry on for through this. I think Pete Dunne should change up his uniform, change up his look. He's, this, this look, he's worked too hard on his upper body. He's, he's looking really good. He's chiseled, he's cut. But the only problem is his, he's got toothpicks for legs. You know, he's got these toothpick legs. And I think his, the best look for uh, Pete Dunne would be if you look back at the Seth Rollins. His days in the, uh, the shield, he should take on that look. That would be much better, you know. Make him look like an actual bruiser weight rather than the twiggy, twiggy legs uh, man bun done. So here we go. This huge match was fun. Tony D'Angelo, Pete Dunne, game back to the match, of course. It is... Um, a hard match, match, but it's Pete Dunne with a bitter end, taking out Tony D'Angelo. And before Pete Dunne can really celebrate, Tony D'Angelo takes out his prop crowbar, 
we all should believe it's a real crowbar, but we all know it's not. At least I do. And he whacks his fingers. Finger for finger, hand for hand. Although in Italian, I did that in, in, in uh, Australian. Next up, we move on to the flagship of the WWE. It's Raw. That's right. Raw starts huge with the, the Hurt Business. Um, Bobby Lashley and um, MVP in the ring there talking about the greatness of Bobby Lashley until Big E comes in. And with the greatest insult name, oh, so good, calls uh, MVP um, Iceberg Slim. Very funny. And he talks about uh, Bobby Lashley and uh, how uh, he respects him, but he could do it by himself. He doesn't need help. And so Bobby Lashley, yeah, well, you know what, MVP, uh, you should fight, uh, you know, a Big E right now, and you can use your cane. I don't know what happened, What what's going on there. So basically, this the match is supposed to be Bobby Lashley, no, no, MVP with the cane versus Big E. They're supposed to go at it. Uh, MVP is supposed to show his worth to Lashley, I don't know. So before anything can happen, we got ourselves Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens comes in to spoil the fight. They just, they just try and take everybody out. Lashley and E and VP. But when it came down to it, it was Lashley and Big E to take the ring. And with that, Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville decide to make a main event match tag team with, you know it, Big E, Lashley, and uh, uh, Seth and Kevin Owens. But right now, we got ourselves in an individual match. It is the women's division, Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. Three. The first one, Dewdrop walked of shame, left the match before it ended. Count out. Number two, uh, Bianca Belair with the splash victory. Number three, who's going to win? Is it even a rubber match? Who knows? Or it's just uh, Bianca Belair uh, beating up uh, Dewdrop all the time. And Dewdrop's, uh, uh, you know, jealousy of uh, Bianca's... Uh, I don't know, his, her, her opportunities, because she's, it doesn't matter. What it comes down to, it's Dewdrop actually getting KOD'd, Kiss of Death, was put on Dewdrop. It was quite impressive. It is, shows the absolute power of Bianca Belair. She deserves to be on top, and she's proving it every time she's in the ring, why she is one of the best, not just in WWE, but the world. So we move on to an interesting match. It is Finn Balor versus um, Austin Theory. Austin Theory is uh, Vince McMahon's boy right now under his wing. So he's going to win. Vince, uh, Austin's got a lot to prove. And Austin does a great job with this. He does uh, puts almost wins, actually. Almost beats Finn Balor. But taking a pin or trying to pin Finn Balor, he takes out a selfie here with his phone and tries to take a selfie. You know, he gets way too cocky. He tries to selfie himself on top of Finn. But it goes all wrong. Finn kicks out and then kicks his ass. He drop kicks him to the corner and then coup de gras him. One, two, three. Finn Balor with a big victory. Um, and uh, we got ourselves Austin Theory has a lot of explaining to do. A lot of explaining to his, his Vince McMahon. But who knows? We'll find out later. So next up, we've got Miz TV. Miz um, hosting to... Uh, Almost and AJ Styles, and apparently, according to this, um, Almost has got uh, Miz's ear, or the other way around. So Almost is telling Miz a lot about his discomfort with uh, his disdain over being in a tag team with AJ Styles. Apparently, I'm paraphrasing. They're not uh, doesn't want to be part of that. And uh, you know, 
what's that AJ Styles talks talk about Miz and his wife how with her that that you know pulling her in be blocked uh, yeah, it doesn't matter so it they turn out with uh, AJ Styles and Omos what's going to happen so this turns into a tag team match AJ Styles and Omos is in the ring already versus the Mysterios who used just joined them now Mysterios it's uh Rain Dominic, they've got a they've got a history. They are um, father and son, but I do remember um, they tried to break them up. The Mysterios, you know, it's like uh, Ray's like, well, you got to do things on your own, son. You know, they got to do that things on your own, uh, but they don't. They, they just put them back together because that's what's uh, they need at least one natural tag. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So when it comes down to it, it was AJ Styles that tries to tag almost in. Almost has nothing. Almost nothing to do with AJ Styles. He turns and said, like, nope, new, new, new. And as he does that, Rey Mysterio with a simple roll-up. Like I say, roll-up is king. Especially when it gets in the way of the storyline. Just finish it up. Roll-up, done. Mysterio's with a big victory, and does that mean anything? No. So here we go. We got ourselves uh, almost in AJ Styles getting into it. AJ not liking anything. So they're going to fight. So before uh, almost gets in the ring, AJ Styles tries to take him out. No such luck. Almost. Just whips him around like a little little child. Little child. Uh, press slamming him and leaving um, AJ in the ring like a, like a rag that he's just been tossed around. Moving on. Up next, we got ourselves an individual match. It is Team RKO's Randy Orton versus the uh, American, uh, like, uh, what's that? Um, Alpha Academy's Chad Gable. Now, last week, I believe it was... Uh, Riddle versus uh, Ch uh, Alpha Academy's uh, Otis, where Otis smashed Riddle. Now, now this is Chad Gable versus Randy Orton. Now, I think the last time Chad Gable actually got a singles win was when he was called Shorty G a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Shorty G. Until he turned to, into Chad Gable again. So, you know, Chad Gable never wins on his own. Unless, of course, Otis, Otis would uh, help him win, but he never helps him win. Unless, of course, it's a tag team. So it is the RKO. It is, uh, what's his name? Um, Chad Gable. Crushing loss again, but it's not ex unexpected. Otis comes to the ring after the match trying to fight off, uh, fight uh, Randy. Randy three times got the advantage trying to put Otis into the RKO, but three times failed. Now, the RKO is in a move that it's a finisher move, right? He never really throws on the RKO right away. And right now, it's ridiculous that he even tried. But you know what? They were saying, oh, he's RKO proof. Well, guess what? They got to fight a little bit first before, RK before he has a chance to throw on the RKO. So it was kind of silly that they did that. But it doesn't matter. Ar it is Otis. Otis got to get away from Chad. I don't know. Something's got to happen. Otis is... Championship material right there. He is a uh, he can be world champion, but with Chad can he? I don't know So moving on we go move on to the 24-7 championship match which it is um, What's that Dana Brooke, uh, you know it, they're taking it in the uh, what's that uh, the holiday light show the holiday indoor holiday light show It was taking place a lot of lights. Wow and a lot of lame so I guess it's Dana Brooke and uh, Tamina. They try and do it, but uh, Dana Brooke escapes again. And thanks because of uh, Tazawa and uh, R-Truth got in the way of uh, Tamina's success. So, no, this is, it doesn't matter with the success or not of this. The fact is this. This is uh, Tamina, R-Truth, and Tozawa. They are the new 
Three Stooges of the WWE. It's sad, but I can see that Tamina has just got a couple more months left before I think she's gone to. After all, they made her chase. It doesn't matter. Regard. Moving on. We got our uh, United States Championship Contenders match. When it's a Contenders match against the, the champion. So you got to beat the champion to get the chance to fight the champion for the belt. So usually when this happens, it is champion who takes the loss. Because so they have another fight later on. The redemption, the rubber match. So I, I had Dolph Ziggler to win. And, but how is he going to win? Of course, the worst way possible. Um, now... It was Damien Priest pretty much dominating the match until Robert Roode comes to the ringside apron, takes out the leg, sweeps the leg, and they, they, they spend a little time outside. Damien Priest really, you know, stewing over his own anger, and he stewed over for like at least eight seconds stewing out there until he decided to tag Robert Roode. And when he got on top, it was match was already over. So basically, he was kind of silly. He's either fast count. I don't know. So it's uh, Robert Roode. Distracts and it's uh, Dolph Ziggler with a big victory and uh, a future a championship match. So next up we have uh, Austin Theory in the back there, you know, talking. And who knows uh, what's going to happen with him. Um, um, so, yeah, he meets up with uh, his boss, his mentor, Vince McMahon, who says uh, basically he's got investments, you know. He's got investments uh, with, uh, it's his good investments and bad investments. And which one are you? Are you good or a bad investment? Who knows? But there's still, you know, Vince is still pushing him, which is good. He might be the next Drew McIntyre. He might have to leave. I don't know. I hope not. You know, hope he doesn't have to leave for years to come back to become the better Austin Theory. Doubt it, though. So we go on to the cutting edge. The cutting edge has started again with the Maurice as his guest, Mrs. Wife Maurice. So here's the thing, Maurice, it was tough to listen to her because uh, clearly she was having trouble. So having a lot of trouble remembering her lines, spinning them out. So it's, it's all awkward and very bad acting. Maurice is not ready for this. You know, it's Miz. Miz is the, Miz is the master of, in, is a master MC, period. Maurice, no. So here we go. Uh, I guess Edge always knew it was going to be uh, some sort of, uh, you know, a, a trap setting up um, Edge. So he does not believe anything Maurice is saying, all her sob story. And Miz comes in, attacks him, and then Maurice whacks him in the back of the head with a purse and then slaps him. And then Miz gives him the, um, what's that, the skull crushing finale. And this is going to be good. They're going to be fighting later on. Miz and Maurice, they're going to get remarried next week. Yay. Are you looking forward to it? I really don't care. Personally, I don't think it should either. They've already married. Big deal. Now they want uh, the Mariana. It doesn't matter. It's just a publicity stunt for the two. So it's Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. And Nikki Ash and Carmella are not allowed to be at the ringside, which makes one thing clear. Rhea Ripley does not have to worry about anything. It's a business at hand. And that's beating um, Queen Zelina. And she'd had no problem with that. The riptide, done. And, you know, Ripley... Without uh, anybody there to worry about. She's one of the best in the world. She can beat anybody. Easy. And Selena's no different. And without uh, Nikki Ash to worry about, we move on. With a big victory for, uh, you know, Rhea, the new queen. Because she beat um, Queen Selena. So, Queen Ripley, good for you. Good for you. Okay, so now we had a backstage interview with uh, what's, uh, uh, Shara Schreiber. 
with Biggie Langston. Can you coexist with Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley, well, let's just hope we do. So then next up, we got ourselves a in-ring promotion. Uh, um, Liv Morgan on Rebecca Lynch. Um, threatened by Liv? Who knows? But Becky Lynch, uh, you know, she's saying, you got lucky, you know, you can't handle the spotlight. And I'd go in the ring there, but you've got a, a kendo stick. But, uh, you know, Liv Morgan's like, well, this, this is not for me. This is for you. She throws out there and it's like... Uh, Becky Lynch takes so offense to that. How dare you? I'm insulted by the whole thing. I'm going to go. I got a plane to catch. So she's gone. But Liv Morgan looking great. So moving on, we got our, our main event match. It's Bobby Lashley and Big E versus uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. This match was, was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, you know. But at the, when it came down to it, it was an inadvertent spear. To Big E. Big E's got speared, so he's pretty hurt now. But this is near the end of the match, so Big E gets speared. Um, Seth Rollins tags out. Doesn't matter. Um, Lashley's in the spearing mood, and he spears Kevin Owens as well. For the victory! For the victory! But this doesn't end there. Now, uh, Kevin Owens might have got pinned and lost the team, but it, this match really doesn't mean anything. So at the end of the match, it is Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens taking out. Bobby Lashley and Big E before their big uh, four-way for the um, tag, uh, for the world championship. So uh, at the end, it's uh, Bobby Lashley gets curb stomped, uh, double team. He gets curb stomped by uh, Seth Rollins, and who knows? It's going to be interesting how it's going to equate to the the four-way. Next up, we go to the SmackDown, and we start SmackDown. Very interesting. It's sit down. Kayla Braxton, the great Kayla Braxton's interviewing skills with Paul Heyman. Now, Paul Heyman, he's been, he feels he's been embarrassed, humiliated in the ring. We're just telling the truth. You know, he loves, uh, you know, his tribal chief still. But you know what? He got, uh, he got fired for doing what he said, you know, he was supposed to do, you know. So what comes down to it is Paul's career's over. It might just might be over, but I doubt it. Um, but who knows? Um, so Paul Heyman's career is in jeopardy. What he's going to do next, he can't. He doesn't want to go back and get a, um, a rookie from NXT, really. I think he could still work. Get behind Grayson Waller. He needs somebody. After all, he's the next Enzo Amore. He's going to dig his own. He's digging his own grave. Okay, next up, we got ourselves a um, women's. The first match is a women's championship match. It is the uh, Charlotte Flair versus Tony Storm. Now, Charlotte Flair was pretty much dominating this match. It was a Charlotte Flair match. Tony Storm had her moments, some great moments, but really, in the end, it was surprising. Now, it was a, it was a small package. It was, they were rolling around with a small package. They counter each other with a small package, just rolling around. But here's the thing. Charlotte Flair's shoulders were clearly pinned on the mat. The one two, three. Charlotte's shoulders were down for all three counts. Therefore, Charlotte should have lost. You didn't see Tony Storm's shoulders on the ground, but it was definitely Charlotte's shoulders on the ground, but they gave it to Charlotte Flair anyways, even though the rightful owner of that belt is Tony Storm. Tony Storm is the, you know, is the champion. She's the uncrowned champion. Tony Storm. Because uh, this ref is a bum. 
He has no idea. I don't know what happened, but this ref is a bum. He might as well be in AEW. He's he's useless. Okay, moving on. Now, last week, we had uh, Sami Zayn taken out of the main title, the main title picture, and put back into the Intercontinental Championship um, title. Going uh, Now, they set up this huge thing again. Now, they've uh, Sony put him into, like, two um, battle royals where he won. You know, he's been he's been been treated well by Sonya and Adam. Not by Vince, but you know what? They're giving him another chance. And right now this is gonna be the twelve days of Christmas, they're saying next week, the twelve man gauntlet match. Which has um Shanky, Jinder Mahal, the uh, Viking Raiders, um Los Lotharios, um Mansoor, Cesaro, that's right, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, and Drukulak. Now, first, we have ourselves the current um, Intercontinental Champion, uh, Shinsei Nakamura, who's really been doing nothing with that belt for since he's got it. So it'd be better off on somebody else's shoulders. He's literally, he's, he's been a disappointment to the belt. Although they aren't entertaining, but he's done nothing for the Intercontinental title. So we got to ourselves Angel Garza starting off this whole gauntlet match. So Angel Garza, there's a 0% chance he's going to go through it. Starting off, it's going to take forever. So he fights um, Mansoor. And with the Angel Clipper, or the Wing Clipper, it is Angel Garza with his first victory. Moving on. Uh, Mansoor with his first, actually his first loss as an individual. And it didn't take long, unfortunately. Mansoor with his first victory, uh, first uh, loss. In a, is a, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, so next match, it is Angel Garza versus the Viking... Um, Express Viking Raiders, um, Eric, who is absolutely nothing but disappointing. Um, he, he, he's, he's the loser of the two. So nevertheless, it is with the wing clipper again, Angel Garza with the big victory. Angel Garza moving on. Two, Angel Garza versus, that's right, Shanky, the, the upstart, Jinder's, uh, you know, a, a person he's training, Jinder's friend. So, this was a good match. Uh, Shanky, he's getting better and better every time. He's, he's working his craft. He's, uh, you know, he's not a lame duck. He is working hard and uh, showing his skills. It's, it's, he's, it's good to see Shanky doing something. And Shanky with a big victory. It looks like some sort of press slam. Some sort of press slam and he whips him down. It was a nice little victory. Uh, Shanky with a win. So now it's Shanky versus Ibar of the Viking Express Raiders. So uh, it is uh, Ibar. Gets a win over Shanky, of course. And then next to note, it is uh, Seamus comes in the ring to fight Ibar. And then uh, he's with uh, Ridge Holland. Um, Seamus with the big win over Ibar. Then it's uh, Drew Gulak comes in the ring uh, challenging um, Seamus. Now, here's the thing. Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak's he lost. It was a, such a squash. He's in. He got broke kick. He got pinned. So, Gulak lost. But Gulak, he's got to get out of this. Um, the main thing. He's got to go to, I think... If Grulak wants any success, he's got to go to NXT UK. He's got to team up with Norm Dar and Shaw Samuels. And that trio could rule the uh, UK. Above the family. The familia, of course. So next up, we got Cesaro versus Sheamus. Now, Cesaro is doing pretty good. But uh, at the end, it was Ridge Holland who got Cesaro's attention. Cesaro distracted. Turns around, bro kick over for Cesaro. Next match is Sheamus versus um, Ricochet. Now, Ricochet comes in there. It's, it's a good match, you know. But before you know it, it's uh, Rich Holland trying to cheat again. But it's Cesaro who comes back and takes out 
Ridge Holland. This, in fact, enrages Seamus. He gets distracted, where in turn he gets rolled up by Ricochet. So Ricochet's first victory in a row. Next up, Ricochet versus Los Lotharios' Humberto Carrillo. And it is, uh, what's that, uh, Ricochet with another huge victory over Humberto with the, uh, looks like it was a, um, uh, the recoil. Or, uh, looks like the, uh, the code breaker, uh, one of Jericho's finishers. Although Jericho hasn't really been fighting at all. He says he's, he hasn't retired, but, eh, he's pretty much has. He's, he's delegated to commentary. He, he, he belongs there. He's great at commentary. So, here we go. It is, uh, what's that, uh, then it's, it's Ricochet versus Jinder Mahal. So, he just beat up Humberto, now it's Ricochet, with the roll-up, another roll-up. You know, he got uh, Seamus with the roll, um, Seamus with the roll up, and he, now he's got Jinder Mahal with another roll up. So he's moving on to the very last match, and the very last match is against, that's right, the great Sami Zayn. They finally put him in, the last person. So the the, the cards are with Sami Zayn. They're stacked against, uh, um, you know, Ricochet. So this was a fun match. This was really fun. Um, <laughs> this was, you know, this last section of the match was match of the night. Period. Sami Zayn, Ricochet, match of the night. Great match. But in the end, it was Sami Zayn with a big, big win back in the Intercontinental title uh, picture again. Jessica Carr lifting his arm up, and these two's got some great chemistry. Great. They've got some history. Jessica Carr and uh, Sami Zayn from uh, to two times she popped her, his legs off the ropes. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's hilarious. So she had to, uh, yeah. Um, the, the Royal Rumble, she had to, oh, yeah, it's great. I love her reaction to, you know, Sami Zayn. It's precious, priceless. Sami Zayn going up against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura soon, hopefully to reclaim what's rightfully his. Make the title worth something. So next up, we got a main event. It is the uh, um, Super Mario Kart champion, King Woods, and his uh, Sir Kofi and, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre, being all uh, was with a snarky attitude. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, it's a sick man tag. Uh, it was a Christmas miracle on 34th Street bite. It was uh, it was a mess. A lot of eggnog thrown. A lot of eggnog. A lot of fun at eggnog and Christmas trees and a lot of fun and chaos and blah 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 and bro kick to uh, to uh, Madcap Moss because it was Madcap Moss, Jimmy and Jey Uso versus Drew McIntyre, King Woods and Sir Kofi Kingston. So it was it was just a match meant for AEW. It was just a it was just a fun match, fun, no real wrestling. But it was it was a kabobble. It was fun. And it was King Woods and uh, well obviously it's gonna be Drew McIntyre and uh, King Woods and Kofi Kingston with the big victory. They had the Christmas trees, they had everything there that day. It was quite interesting to watch. And it was look at that. it is Corbin covered. Head to toe in, uh, what's that? Eggnog. Eggnog. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of eggnog, but hey, you know what? It's just me. Okay, so well, that does it for our show. This is our Christmas show, viewer, listener. Thank you very much for sticking around for the very end. I am your host, Lip, a.k.a. Tetsu Omega, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy a New Year. Until next week, I'm saying bye-bye. <laughs>